fright rags, horror apparel, and accessories. <laughs> if you're a horror fan, then Fright Rags is the place for you. Fright Rags has been bringing you the best in horror apparel and accessories since 2003. Officially licensed collections, including fan favorites such as Halloween, The Evil Dead, Creepshow, and tons more. No matter what type of horror you are into, Fright Rags has you covered head to toe. Offering a wide range of exclusive products from your favorite creature features, slasher flicks, and cult classics. Metal Hand of God listeners get 10% off when they use the code MHOG10 at the checkout. So don't miss out on your favorite horror apparel and accessories you can only get from Fright Rags. That's fright-rags.com. And remember, use MHOG10 at the checkout for 10% off your purchase at frightrags.com. <laughs> Grabbers. I think I would like to tell you a story uh, that happened uh, a while ago. It happened in a area where I'm very familiar with, where I grew up. Uh, it's kind of a tragic story. Uh, it takes place uh, not far, really, it was just down the road. I might have been around 12 years old, and there was a murder-suicide that happened in my area. Uh, very tragic. Uh, the family lived way back in the woods uh, off of a uh, old logging road. Uh, they had a uh, old single-wide trailer they pulled back in there. They didn't have a lot, but um, the kids wanted to be happy. The wife tried to be happy, but... Uh, the father brought a lot of drugs into the house. A lot of bad news, you know, a lot of bad news people would hang around there. Uh, it just turned into a toxic environment for families, you know. I, I do remember the kids. Um, they didn't, well, I can't say they didn't go to school. Uh, the one did go to school for a while. 
Uh, his name was Marshall. Real quiet boy. Uh, always sat alone, of course. I mean, you, you know, he's in that type of environment. You're usually not very outgoing, I would assume. I don't think I was in school with him for maybe eight months until they pulled him back out. State was after this family, truancy, everything else. I mean, they were really trying to go after this family for keeping their kids out of school. But uh, one day, uh, after the father, I cannot remember his name for the life of me, got home from work. I guess in a fit of rage, high probably out of his mind, as he usually was, he ended up strangling, first off strangling his wife, and then uh, caught her on fire in the kitchen, which of course set the trailer ablaze. He had thrown, we thought, all of the kids in and locked them in their bedrooms, uh, so they did burn. They burned alive. It was, it was absolutely horrific. For my little town, my little community, this was huge news. This was, this just didn't happen. You know, that type of violence, that, that type of shit just didn't fly in our area. After, I guess, forensics went in and did their thing, everybody's remains were accounted for except for one, but they never knew which one it was. There was a huge community, uh, outcry and there was you know memorials uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed but when uh, somebody publicly uh, gets killed uh, people come out of the woodwork like they were their best friends you know they knew them so well um, it's just a I think a sad way to try to get a little bit of attention on themselves at times but neither here nor there the the world uh, treated that family poorly and uh, they were taken way too soon. Well, going forth a little further, I think I might have been closer to 15, just just a little, just shy of 16 at the time. I was hanging out with uh, my two friends, uh, Ryan and Joey, and uh, we would ride our bicycles all around the areas. Uh, strip mines and, and, and if you're not familiar with the strip mine it's a big pit that they got coal out of Pennsylvania was huge for, for coal mining and strip mining but over time those things would fill with water uh, sometimes I'd hit like a underground spring and it'd fill up so you had this like pond out in the middle of the woods so that's where we would all hang out that's where everybody partied out by the strip mines and things like that so we were messing around, you know, flying around the area. We thought we were pretty much by ourselves out there, but you know, you, you never know. Like I said, a lot of the older kids would go out there and party and drink and do their things, and we were just younger on our bicycles. We ended up seeing this really young kid, and he was up there, and, you know, trying to flag him down. He he was stare at us, you know, and Joe was like, "What the hell's wrong with that guy?" I said, "I don't know," you know. But uh, he's like, well, let's invite him over. But he wouldn't come over. And he would go uh, opposite. He was always on the opposite side of the freaking waterway that we were on. You know, the strip mines might have been, oh, 
Well, at least the one we, we, we called it the Black Lagoon because the water was so dark. Um, I would say it was probably, well, it was well over 250, 300 feet in circumference. It wasn't a perfect circle by any means, but it was pretty, pretty round, you know. And the, uh, the edges of it were like loose shale and, and loose rock and sandstone. And you'd, you'd have to be careful because you'd, you'd really, you'd slip, land on your ass and slide the whole way down into the water. So you had to really be careful. But we kind of made a way that we could get down to the water fairly safely uh, because we'd go swimming down there. Well, we decided after our bikes and everything, we were just going to go down and, and jump in the water. So we did. We jumped in the water. We're swimming around. We're talking, being nuts, being crazy. And that kid just hanging out on the other side, staring at us. So Joey's like, I'm going to go over and swim, swim across and see, see what's up with that kid. Well, he swam across and the kid walked and he's walking around the edge. Well, there's a old shed left over, kind of, I don't know if it was a, maybe a, a, an office for uh, the, the foremans of the mines or whatever. Maybe it was just a shed that they kept extra tools in or something on the side. Well, he went over there and he thought he went into the shed, but uh, when Joey got over there and pulled himself up off those rocks, which he was filthy because there was so much loose coal and coal dust still around the area, um, the kid wasn't there, and we didn't think anything of it. It was just, you know, one of those things. He said, oh, he just made his way up and left. Well, uh, I remembered uh, something about this mine that... Uh, some of my neighbors used to work at that uh, some of the equipment was still down on the bottom of this pond this I'd say it was maybe at its deepest point might have been 35 feet so I don't know if you know anything about uh, construction equipment but a lot of them have big buckets front-end loaders backhoes that sort of thing well a lot of times the, the, the they would take those buckets off and just leave them lay um, you know, and they switch them out for different tasks, kind of like uh, interchangeable buckets. Like they needed a bigger bucket, they'd leave the smaller one down, and then they come back for it. Well, when this thing flooded or filled, they never got all their equipment out. Um, when it fills up with water, sometimes there's air pockets underneath those upside-down buckets. I knew this, so um, I figured uh, there there must have been maybe five or six different piece of equipment still down there and there's air pockets now Ryan and Joey were from the town from the city area I lived out in the middle of nowhere they'd come out and spend a weekend a lot of times out at my house but uh, I said I'm gonna start messing with these guys I'm gonna swim down I'm gonna get underneath this bucket by the way extremely unsafe don't do this at home kids and uh, this, the air is very stale, but you can still, you know, if you're holding your breath, you can still sip some of that air, you know, just to maintain. So you're under the water longer. People think you're like, holy shit, this guy's holding his breath for for, for a crazy amount of time. You know, it's, uh, I'd go underwater, and I'd, I can't hold my breath that long. I mean, maybe three minutes? <laughs> I don't know. When you're underwater and you're able to maintain breath underwater because you're you're stealing it from an air pocket underneath one of these construction buckets i was under there for like eight minutes and they're freaking out they'd always freak out like oh my god i don't know how we can free dive and 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 hold his breath that long but they didn't know i was cheating well um 
I get down and we're moving around to the pond and or the yeah the strip mine pond, uh, moving around and it's like I'm gonna dive down in this area down here. I, the water's murky. I, I was gonna say it. There's still limestone and it it it's sort of clear because the the stone cleans it up a good bit, but um, it was I don't know visibility maybe four feet maybe. Well. Um, I'm down under the water, looking for another place where I can steal air from if I needed to on any given time, you know. I'm trying to pull one over on them. And to get down there and uh, pop up, I was like, oh my gosh, this is huge. This is a big, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it was, some sort of uh, like the back end of like a upside down dump truck. You know, the big metal buckets, but it was upside down. So I swim, find the edge of it, I swim up underneath it. At this point, I'm only about 16 feet down. There's air. It's like, cool, man, this is going to be great. I can, you know, cheat and <laughs> steal some more air if I need to make these guys freak out like I drowned again. Well, um, found out that um, I wasn't the only thing down there. Found out bag like a tarp type bag uh, like a debris bag of some sort and it was hanging there so I was like what the hell's in here you know and it was wet and it was it was musty and it was just kind of stunk that air in that chamber just that that, that just seemed staler than usual but uh, found uh, something I really wasn't expecting to find found uh, bone and some cloth and it started to freak me out because I was like okay there shouldn't be any bones down here at all uh, what the part that really freaked me out was I found a tennis shoe in the bag that really freaked me out so I got the heck out of there and told them of course Ryan and Joey didn't believe a word I was saying so I had to go back down and I brought up the shoe and now they're like oh shit he found that shoe that could be something I don't know I didn't want to think of anything of the worst. I'm thinking maybe somebody was doing the same thing I had done. It's like a hiding out underneath there. Maybe they drowned. You know, that's a that's a thing. I mean, it, I probably at certain times shouldn't have done that stuff at all. You know, but I could have drowned at any given time. Just doing stupid stuff when you're a kid. You know. I ended up taking the, the shoe with me. We got back on our bikes after we dried up. Not like we were clean, like I said. It was very dirty around the area. So as soon as you're wet, you're, you turn gray because of all the charcoal dust and the, the, the shale and all that other stuff. Get on our bikes and we run through the woods and we're going so fast and we're hitting briars and it's a mess. When we get back, my, uh, my dad's just pulling in the driveway from work. And... Uh, He's a wildlife officer as well. And I told Dad, and I, I didn't want to tell him because I was, knew I was going to get yelled at for playing around strip mines. He hated that. I was supposed to never be there, but I always was. So I uh, I, I told him. I said, Dad, I, I, I found somebody. I think maybe we found a bone. I left it there, but I brought the shoe back. I think maybe at some point someone drowned here and they were down underneath one of the dump uh, 
dump truck buckets that's turned upside down in the bottom of the strip mine. After getting yelled at, and Joey getting yelled at, and Ryan getting yelled at, he was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, we didn't have any reports of anybody missing, he said, you know, he thought, but maybe he didn't know. So uh, he called his friend who was a straight state patrol officer. Uh, he came out, came to, it was probably about another 45 minutes, he came out to the house. You know, I told him the story. And he says, all right, kids. And he says, um, we don't have any reports of anybody missing or drowning. And if somebody did, they would have had a report against them. You know, something you know, is like missing kid, missing adult, missing whatever. But I was pretty adamant. And then I got him pretty spooked. I said, you know, we, at least come and see where, I, where it is. You know, I had to show him where it was. Going through the woods... I, we found it again, you know, and I pointed. I said, it's right down here. It's only about 15, 16 feet down. He says, all right, well, I'm going to call a guy he knew uh, who was a recreational diver. He liked to go, you know, he was always diving, you know, and stuff like that. And he taught uh, dive classes in, in town, the bigger town. Not my town. There was jack and crap in my town. So he got him there, jumped in uh, after he got suited up, uh, and he went down and he, uh, he said, no, there's, there's definitely something down here. We need to get uh, a forensics team out here. There's some, some, something that's down here. He pulled up another section of bone. It was a large, like a femur, large bone. He says, I, I think this is human. I can't tell, but I think this is human. Unless one of the hunters just threw a dead deer wrapped up in a tarp and it got stuck up under here because we had a lot of hunting in our area. And sometimes people would just take the carcasses and throw them wherever. But he says it, it looks too, it doesn't look like a deer bone. Well, it wasn't. Apparently, uh, long story short, the bones that were found were that of Marshall, uh, Marshall, Marshall Baker, and um, we didn't realize, I didn't realize, uh, that was the strip mine where his crazy father used to work. So apparently he killed Marshall there. Marshall was always, for some reason, whether it be trying to get his father's approval or just I don't know, but he was always hanging around his dad. But it's thought that maybe he was killed the same day that he set his trailer ablaze with the rest of his family in it. Uh, which had me thinking. Uh, I can't say for sure. Looking back on it, that kid we saw that never was close to us, always away from us, that maybe that was, maybe that was Marshall. Maybe that was Marshall telling us, this is where he's at, you know. We had seen him on a couple of different occasions. Um, not close enough to really see any, too many features on him, but it, like I said, you're talking 300 feet across. There's nothing out there. There's no other homes. I mean, this is middle of nowhere woods that had been overgrown at one point in time that they just, after the mine sealed up. You know, which was at that point in time been about three years. So you had a lot of uh, new growth. Some of the remains of the road were there, but it was just a dirt road that was now getting full of grass and foliage again. 
small trees growing back up where they were cut down to get to that location. But I always wondered, maybe that was Marshall letting us know he, he, he was there. A lot of people don't believe in these things. A lot of people don't believe in these stories um, of, of paranormal, of ghosts, of sightings. But uh, honestly, I, I don't understand how you, how you can't. Without getting too complicated with it, I mean, let's just look at the simplicity of it. Our lives are a collection of memories. Things imprint on other items. Memories can imprint. It's been proven that we can record data on crystals. It's been proven that water is a living entity, basically, in, in, in a matter of speaking, that has a memory. Water remembers. Water is the lifeblood of, the, of, of us. If you think about it, we're almost entirely made of water. As we get older, water dissipates. We have to constantly maintain our water levels to keep from being dehydrated and dying. Our bodies are electrical currents and water. Electrical currents and water make memories. If water is not a living thing, I don't know. I don't know what is. So every time we experience something tragic, exciting, even happy, we can leave an amazing imprint where we're at. That would be considered residual haunting. A residual, we, we, we give it the moniker haunt, but it's just a, uh, a recording of a moment, of a second. It could repeat whenever there's enough energy to do so in the atmosphere. A lot of residual images we see that we collate with ghost sightings are residual imprints, like a tape recorder or a movie just repeating that unclear image over and over and over and over again. As long as the condition's right, that there's enough energy to see, there you have it. Basically, our electrical selves are infinite. Like radio waves. Radio waves are infinite. There's millions of miles away, somewhere in space, someone's watching a brand new episode of The Honeymooners. It's just finally getting there. It's weird. I mean, it's... Science does so much to try to disprove, at the same time prove. It's like wanting to have their cake and eat it too. I mean, you either, you either say, this is real, or prove to me that it can't be. And they can't prove that it isn't. Stuff I've seen, stuff I've experienced. I mean, we're, we're, we're surrounded by a collection of the world's experiences at any given time. Have you ever walked into a room and just gotten a bad feeling? What happened in that room? It doesn't have to mean someone died in the room. It just could be 
bad feelings. Maybe it was a horrible place to work. Maybe the tensions were so high at some point in time, it just left this area that just leaves a bad feeling, this, this imprint, this emotion that we're open and receptive enough to feel at that time. This is why people are so affected by electromagnetic fields. Ghosts are basically electromagnetic fields. At least that's one theory. So I don't see why maybe me seeing Marshall at the edge of that strip mine near the water if that was him, why it couldn't have been. Maybe that was just the same time I'd see him, you know, he was always over in the same spot, always opposite us. Maybe we were just seeing an imprint of that day, a moment in that day. Or if it was intelligent, maybe he was just trying to manifest enough to let us know this is where he's at. There's a lot of evil in the world that can that can make bad imprints at locations. War can leave imprints on location. Look at Gettysburg. The amount of ghost sightings at Gettysburg still to this day. There's thousands of them. There's not thousands of people lying about what they see. There's no reason for these people to make stories up. Sometimes, sometimes people will make stories up. I don't believe every ghost sighting. I don't believe every ghost story. That's just naive. But I will take most people at their word. If they say, I saw a ghost. Be like, okay, that's, that's you know, amazing. You know, that's that's something. You shouldn't be afraid of seeing the ghosts. These ghosts aren't like movie ghosts. They're not going to come after you and attack you and try to kill you all the time. <laughs> of course, I mean, there's bad people who have died in the past. And, you know, you know, I think I think how we live our lives affects how our imprints are when we're past. I don't... Uh, I, I, I don't think uh, if you're a bad person, you're, you're going to have a great imprint. You're, you're going to be a great ghost, you know. No one ever says, hey, you're going to be a great ghost someday. You know, hopefully most of us, if you're a religious person, you, you go to the place where you think you should go. You know, I, you know sitting around in eternity, hanging out, in a house doesn't sound that fun, does it? And I think a lot of it, and a lot of people believe this as well, that we, we, we do that if we're intelligent haunts, if there's an intelligent haunt out there, not residual, but intelligent, um, is because uh, they, one, either don't know they're gone, uh, they are only conscious of uh, a few moments in their life at any given time, or they feel trapped. Maybe the energy that keeps them sustained is only at that location. And they don't know how to let go. Uh, that's why it takes sometimes people to help them cross over. Uh, to, to move the energy along. Sometimes energy, even in you know, 
taking that information outside of the paranormal, back into science realm here, um, energy sometimes gets stuck and it needs to be pushed along. And I think since we're primarily that energy, uh, we get stuck. Uh, sometimes we don't want to move on. Sometimes we're, I would assume, just comfortable enough to be doing our normal things, our routines, our our day-to-day. Like you see uh, some reports of, uh, not that I'd ever want to be a ghost at where I worked, but a lot of times you know, people haunt their work locations because that's what they've known. They were so a part of that that they can't let go. But, um, as I was saying, um, yeah, that was a, a scary time. Just a quick little story there for me about uh, finding uh, the bones of a guy I knew. Not well, but I knew him. Uh, it just proved to me at an early age how much evil there really is in the world. It, it doesn't take a demon or something satanic to make someone evil, but... You know, just being out of your mind enough to do that to your family. That's that's scary because there's nothing more scary than reality. All you have to do to find that out is turn on the news. Can you imagine 100, 200 years from now, the spiritual imprints left behind from the generations that are happening right now? It's going to be chaotic. Absolutely chaos everywhere. But anyway, I just wanted to share that little story. The uh, the boy in the the boy under the water, Marshall. I uh, hope he found peace, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ghost Grabbers. Like I said, uh, I've got a lot more stories to tell, a lot more personal experiences I could share, which I may get to uh, later on down the road. Again, I had a moment, and this, for some reason, got stuck in my head while I was sleeping last night. I thought about this, and I figured I'd share it today. So, thank you for listening to Ghost Grabbers. I'm Rum. And uh, look forward to uh, talking with you next time. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Please join us next time to talk about all things paranormal on our next episode of Ghost.